0: Bread is life. In fact, my entire family absolutely loves bread. But I like to make sure that what we're eating counts. And if you're like me, you're going to love Hero Bread. Hero Bread makes those same delicious bready favorites free of consequences or compromises. They have remade carby empty calorie bread products into fluffy delicious versions that include no net carbs, zero grams of sugar and protein and fiber. Think of that soft, fluffy experience that you love when you're enjoying a refreshing BLT, savory breakfast burrito, or mouth-watering cheeseburger. But now it's made to really nourish you deeply. Hero Bread has something for every favorite, including sliced bread loaves, buns, and tortillas. My team tried Hero Bread and said it was the most fulfilling thing ever, but it also felt lighter and healthier. So, switch to Hero Bread now and you won't be disappointed. They even have a monthly small batch drops of indulgent favorites like the 2 gram net carb herb croissant or the 1 gram net carb herb cheddar biscuit. Don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code yogagirl at checkout. That's yogagirl at h-e-r-o dot c-o. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. I am feeling very blessed to be sitting here talking to you today. I've had a one hell of a week <laughs> this week and I'm contemplating a lot of things that I really want to share. Specifically this week, a topic that's been on my mind in my body and my heart has been the topic of freedom. If you listen to this podcast regularly, you know that my intention for this year is all about space, which I realized relates immensely to the concept of freedom, me wanting to have more freedom in my life, the ability to create my own choices, to really run my own life and not be bound down by limiting beliefs that I have about the world or about myself or bound by things that I don't want to do or a certain kind of energy that I've felt weighed heavy on me over the past couple of years, which is that I just got to keep going no matter what. So freedom has been very much on my mind. And um, it's interesting because I'm going to share with you guys a crazy incident that we had happen last, when, when is this? A couple of days ago. I shared a little bit through through Instagram and I found myself in a scenario where I was so unbelievably challenged, so uncomfortable. And instead of just dropping into that feeling of, oh, I don't want this. This is terrible. I hate it. I really took the time to tune into what it was that was really triggering me beneath all of this. And all of it relates to wanting to feel free. And uh, and I think it's it's something that's really uh, I feel like it's on everybody's minds and everybody's hearts these days. So before we start diving into the topic of freedom and space today, I would love to have a moment for us all just to ground a little bit into our bodies into this moment here now. Starting off just on the topic of freedom, let's before we you know find that perfect place of silence and all of that. Let's take a moment just to check in within your own body right here as you are. If you want, you can close your eyes. And notice if there's any part of your physical body where you feel a little stuck right now. And if you don't know, then give yourself a couple of moments here just to tune in and feel. Sometimes it helps to use our hands and just physically place our hands on different parts of the body. So you can place your hands on your heart, your belly, your shoulders, even your face, top of your head, just tuning in. It's almost like coming back home a little bit, reminding yourself that you're right here. This body that you're in right now, this is your home. So come back. And let's take a full breath in through the nose. Out through the mouth. And really check in. Is there any part of the body where you're feeling stuck in this moment, where you feel any kind of tension, anything that's stagnant or challenging? And see if you can really do a little body scan. So bring your awareness through every part of the body. You can start from the crown of the head and let your awareness flow through the body until it reaches the soles of your feet. And notice, what does it feel like to be in this body right now? For me personally, I can definitely feel a little sense of feeling stuck around my shoulders and my neck. I don't have any physical pain, but I can just sense there's some energy that I want to move there. So how about you? Is there any area of your body where you feel you're holding some tightness right now? And sometimes that it's not even a physical sensation, right? It can be a very energetic feeling of just having accumulated something. So noticing here, not just on that physical level, but on an energetic level as well, do you have any part of this whole being that is you, where you feel stuck or stagnant or tense? And checking in on that without any kind of judgment. So just noticing, witnessing what it's like to be here now. And what's wonderful about this practice, looking for stuckness or looking for tightness, is that the moment we find it, it's an invitation to make space right there. We can't realize or recognize where in our lives we need space, where we need a sense of freedom, without first recognizing that we've been stuck. So doing a practice just like this, very simple, tuning in and feeling, it's a great way to On a physical level, decide where you're going to focus your yoga practice today, maybe where you need to stretch, where you need to move, where you need to expand. And also on an energetic level, where is there an holding on here? Is there something that maybe I can put down or drop or let go? And this, of course, becomes particularly interesting when we drop into the level of our emotional heart. So if you like, you can place your hands to your heart center right now and feeling into that place. Here you are. Emotionally, how are you doing? What sort of emotions are moving through your heart in this moment? Is there anything challenging going on in your life? Is there some place in your life where you're feeling a lot, but maybe you don't have the ability to express? That's also a Longing for freedom, right? We tend to hold a lot of tension around holding on to our emotions or maybe not speaking our minds clearly enough or feeling like we have to behave or act in a certain way to fit in or to meet everybody else's expectations. That's being stuck too. So notice, is there an area of your life, an area of your heart, area of your emotional space where you have been stagnant? And you can turn that question around and ask yourself, where can I invite more freedom into my life? Or what area of my life needs a little bit more freedom and space? Let's take a moment just to linger there. It doesn't mean you have to change anything or do anything, but just feeling into the body right here, right now, breathing here, staying right here. And then the next big breath you take, let's have this breath really sweep out any part of the body where you feel could need a little bit more light, a little bit more space. And as your next exhale arrives, let's fully release something that we've been longing to put down. So here we go. Big, 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 full breath in through the nose. And now loud and clear, make some noise, open the mouth, and let it go. (sighs) Let's blink the eyes open and take a moment to reorient yourself. Hi. (laughs) I feel like whenever we do these little meditations on the podcast, there's the intro to the podcast where I say hi and then we practice a little bit and then we get to say hi again because it's a different kind of hi, <laughs> different kind of high as in feeling a little high on life, but a different kind of hello in that, okay, here we are. Now we're here in our bodies, listening, present, right here together. So, hey. You are listening to The Yoga Girl Podcast, conversations from the heart. Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks. So just imagine what you could do in a full year. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. I have always loved learning languages. I speak four fluently. They're so interesting. And I've even noticed that sometimes the language you speak can influence pieces of your personality. Learning my husband's native language made us understand each other on a whole new level. Now Babbel has gifted me my own account and I can't wait to dive in. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you actually start speaking a new language. It's designed by real people for real conversations. And their advanced speech recognition is like having your own personal language coach to help you improve your pronunciation, so you can get prepped and confident for real world conversations. Just 15 hours with Babbel is equal to one university semester. Overall, they have more than 13,000 hours of learning content and you can browse more than 20,000 courses offered every month. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash yoga. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash yoga, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash yoga. Rules and restrictions may apply. So as I said, I've had a little bit of a crazy week. (laughs) I shared a bit about this on social media and I definitely want to dive deeper into this topic. So starting off, I have to share, I had my ESTA revoked. So the ESTA is the travel authorization. So it's kind of like a visa, but it's just the authorization to enter the United States that I think most European countries are a part of that ESTA program. And this happened after my book tour last year. It happened during the book tour, actually, where I started leaving Aruba, going on tour, promoting the book, doing appearances and events and things for the book. And suddenly U.S. Customs in Aruba. Aruba has a U.S. Customs department as well, so that when you land in the U.S., you land domestic. And they started pulling me aside from from, from out of the blue. I've never really had any problems traveling in or, you know, anywhere, but especially the U.S. for a very long time. I used to have problems when I was a teenager, early 20s, like another time in my life when I traveled, you know, intensely. I've had some issues then, but for about a decade, I've been totally fine. And they started pulling me aside all of a sudden. And first time it happened, you know, I was like, okay, this is kind of random. You know, they do these random searches on people. I guess I'm just unlucky. And they would pull me aside, put me in a room, go through my luggage, ask me questions. Just not a you know a huge, massive, big deal, just kind of a pain in the ass, that's it. And then second trip I had it happen again. And I was like, okay, this is like, eh, could still be random. And I ask, is there something that I'm doing wrong? And he said, no, this is just absolutely, totally random. You've, it's just a randomized system where you've been picked out of the line. It's nothing to do with you. And I go, okay, you know, and then I started getting a little annoyed. Third time it happened, third time in a row it happened, you know, I really (laughs) went through the effort of like, hey, okay, there is something that I'm doing wrong. Like there's something that I have done wrong. I've been flagged for some reason. Could you please share with me, you know, so I can fix it? You know, like, like I'm not a criminal person I'm not doing anything wrong. As far as I know, you know, we have all of our affairs in order. Like, you know, what's going on? Like, is it my passport? Is it because I'm a resident of Aruba? Is it because I have this book tour? Like, what is it? and this guy just looks me in the eye and he says it has absolutely nothing to do with you <laughs> you know three times they told me that in a, in a row it's a random system there's nothing you can do about it just come along and i'm like okay but i no way it's random it doesn't happen to anybody else it's just me the fifth time in a row when they pulled me aside and this was a, it was interesting because then i'm st- i'm starting to get really yeah, really pissed off. Like, Hey, like one thing to say, it's random. You know, I feel like if this is something that's going to continue to occur, I want to be able to, to change something so that this doesn't happen to me. I almost missed my flight last time this happened. And, and I'm really like asking this guy, can you level with me? I'm, it's, there's something wrong with my passport, isn't it? And the guy looks at me and he goes, well, I can't share that information, but yes, your passport has been flagged. So you will continue to have these issues. And I say, okay, and why is my passport flagged? that I, I can't, that the, the computer doesn't tell me, it just tells me you need an extra check. And I go, okay. And they do the whole check. And then it's really like getting intense where they not just open my suitcases, but I have to explain what's in my luggage and asking me tons of questions about what I'm doing in the US and, you know, kind of a, a hassle. And I'm realizing now as a Swedish citizen born in Sweden, raised in Sweden, I have a Swedish passport. They call the Swedish passport the golden passport because we can go everywhere. You know, Sweden has never really had any conflict with any other country. Like it's a very good passport to have, good quote unquote, whatever that means, in that it's easy to travel and it's easy to travel everywhere. There are countries all over the world where that is not the case, countries where there has been conflict and issues and war and, you know, where passports are flagged for different reasons in different countries, especially in the US. So I have friends who are from Venezuela, for instance, it's not easy to travel the world on a Venezuelan passport. I I have a friend of mine, a really good friend of mine, Maya, she traveled with me on tour. One of the trips I had last year, we went to LA and she had never been to the US before. And I've been to the US, you know, hundreds of times, so much, love the United States, you know, people of United States visiting there. It's one of my favorite places to go. I go all the time. And she had never been. And she was so excited because she had her U.S. visa approved. And I was trying to kind of, you know, why is this such a big deal? And she's like, well, with a Serbian, she's from, she's a Serbian. She said, with this passport that I have, they don't just let you go. You can't be a part of the ESTA program. You have to go to the U.S. embassy in Serbia and go through this whole process where they interview you extensively, you have to ask permission, you have to apply, cost a bunch of money. And she was really explaining, like, this is a big deal that she got her visa approved. And I was trying to make sense of it last year. This was before my issues started or kind of, I think I'd been pulled over or pulled, pulled aside one time. So I wasn't thinking that I was going to ever have any issues. And she was so excited and we're traveling together. And of course, you know, I wasn't thinking about the fact that she had never been to the States before, that this was her first time. If you've traveled to the states as a non-US resident, you know that there's a certain way you have to act when you enter the US. This is just, I mean, it's like public knowledge. Of course, and those things include. So if if you are a US citizen and you don't know what this means, it means whenever you meet a customs agent, like you shape up, you know, you look the guy in the eye, you answer questions very thoroughly, you're kind of prepared. Don't say anything stupid. It's like it's kind of like you're being interrogated. Like you know, it's assumed that you have done something wrong. So you're always a little bit on edge entering the U.S. Every single person that I that I know totally agrees. It's not a comfortable, easy thing where you feel like welcomed into the country. It's kind of like, you know, that feeling <laughs> I used to have it when I was when I was younger, that if ever a store clerk looked at me, I would like, you know, or there was like a security guard in a store, I would feel panicked as if I had stolen something, but I hadn't. <laughs> You know, that feeling of like feeling like you've done something wrong, but you haven't done anything wrong. That's the feeling entering the U.S. through immigration every time, regardless of why you're there or what you're doing. That's just the feeling. So, of course, there's this unspoken rule, you know, one of the unspoken rules, for instance, is like when you travel, they're going to ask you, like, do you have tobacco, alcohol, a large sum of money, um, fruits and vegetables? Like they have questions that they ask. And of course, the answer to these questions, regardless, it's no, 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 no. If you answer yes to like a minor question, it's going to me lead to a pain in the ass, long thing of questions, you know. So if you like have a pack of cigarettes on you, like you don't have to go and talk about that. Not that I'm traveling with cigarettes, but you get the picture. Everyone knows what I mean. So we're there, we're in line. I'm just casual and relaxed. And my friend Maya, who's never been to the States before, of course, doesn't know that like, you know, like you have to kind of act. A certain way when when you when you when you enter the US so we give our passports and then he kind of goes through hers and goes through mine it's all going super smooth he's he doesn't ask us any questions and he's just about to hand us our passport so that we can go to enter the states and then casually like he forgot last minute he goes are you carrying any firearms <laughs> firearms alcohol tobacco or fruits or vegetables on your person and I'm like no absolutely not no no and then Maya goes uh yes I uh wait let me let me check and I'm like Maya no, 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 like, obviously, you know, like, I had like a power bar, like, it's so normal to travel with some sort of snack with you between these countries, you know, what they're flagging for, it's like, are you bringing foreign, you know, foreign, like, fruits or vegetables that could contaminate the. US soil like if you've brought a freaking banana like it's okay you know but they ask these things because they're looking for bigger things but if you go down this rabbit hole it's like that's a bad idea and she's just like oh let me check and she starts opening her purse and just starts pulling out everything she has she's like I have some dates because Rachel's vegan so I brought her snack and then I have a bag of nuts and oranges and oranges are just pouring out over the, <laughs> over the custom like the desk of this customs agent and you can tell his face is like oh like why and he looks at us and he's like why why did you tell me this like he has to do his job you know obviously like most people just kind of look through their fingers you know it's not a big deal if you have an orange on you but because she like put them there and like yeah I have all this stuff he's like okay takes our passports back he's like you're not going to be able to pass you're gonna have to go sit over there and wait for the agriculture specialist to uh, to go through these items of food that you have decided to bring on the plane. And I'm just like, oh, this is so annoying. Like I couldn't, I was just like, oh, like, Maya, why would you say yes? She's like, but I'm not going to lie. I'm like, well, it's not a lie. It's like a white lie. It's just, you don't say anything. <laughs> like you don't have to like show the guy your fruit. <laughs> You know, and then as we're like, and the guy's like laughing at us. He was a super nice guy. He's laughing. And then she was like, hey, d- did you see my visa? I have a special visa. And I'm like, Maya, no, no. Like, he already approved you. Like, don't start the conversation again for him to look into your visa. Like, like you know what I mean? So anyway, we get to the agriculture guy who looks through our stuff. It was totally fine. Like we could bring the the dates, the nuts, the oranges. Everything was fine to bring on the plane. Of course, which it totally is. And I was just laughing my ass off because it was like, hey, like how do you not know? Like you don't give the <laughs> the immigration official your oranges. Like if you just say no, it's fine. You know, like you won't have a problem. <laughs> and we laughed about this the whole trip. Just that there's this kind of like, I don't know. It's like either you've been through the states a lot and you know you just like behave in a certain way when you enter or and she didn't know and I was just laughing and then I was like and then you're asking him to look into your visa I'm like dude if he's already approved you to go through don't start down this whole thing of like show- she's like but I'm so proud of my visa he barely looked at it and I'm like why are you proud of your visa she was like dude, you will never understand The feeling of having gone through this hell of applying for a visa, having it approved. And she's like, I was just so excited to kind of get the stamp of like, I am allowed to be here, you know, to visit. I'm allowed to be a tourist in this country. And he didn't even look at it. And we really had that conversation. And I was like, well, I I don't know what that feels like because I've never had to apply for a visa in my life. I've been all over the world, never had to apply for a visa to go anywhere. So I don't know what that feels like. Well, fast forward. Fast forward. The next trip, you know, I was pulled aside and then all those things started happening where just every time I went through and then she started making fun of me, like, look who gets pulled aside now. Look, it's not just me. It's not just me and my Serbian passport and my oranges. Like, it's you. It's you. And then it happened five times in a row and it wasn't so much fun anymore. So that happened. And then the book tour was over. I was back home in Aruba. Everything is fine. We decided to take a well-deserved vacation to go to Mexico, to go to Tulum, And Aruba being very, I mean, Aruba being a Caribbean island, we're very close to Venezuela geographically. And most flights to go anywhere from here are via Miami. Miami, of course, is a huge, huge, huge hub. So anywhere you want to go, unless you want to go to Europe, because then we fly through Amsterdam directly. But anywhere you want to go, Miami is the most central hub. So we have flights, we have, uh, we always fly Delta. So we have Delta tickets to go to, um, to go to Miami, to go to Tulum via Miami. And very excited for this trip. And I, of course, I shared a little bit about this on social. Maybe you you remember this was a couple months ago. And as we're checking in, they couldn't give me a boarding pass because they couldn't let me on the plane because I was not allowed to enter, to enter the U.S. because they had revoked my ESTA, my travel authorization thing. And it was just the most confusing thing. You know, and I and I, and she says, "Sorry, I cannot check you in because you have you don't have the clear." And I'm like, "Well, I have my S that's printed right here." She says, "Yeah, you can tear that up because it's not valid anymore. Like you're out of the system once you've had an S revoked, you cannot reapply." And I'm like, "Well, what like?" And it was just this massive. I'm like, "I'm supposed to. This is just a vacation. We're not even going to the U.S. It's just a transit. Like we're going. It was just a hard no." And she said, if you want, you can call the customs official, like who's on call right now, and he can maybe explain something to you on the phone. So I did, stood in line forever to get on the phone with this guy. Of course, but it was like a panicky moment because we had all of our things packed together. And then how am I going to make my way to this trip now? We we lost the ticket, which was tons of money. It was just this whole big hassle. And then the guy on the phone, finally, finally reached him. And he says, yes, so sorry, your ESTA has been revoked. I cannot share with you why. I cannot give you any more information other than it's revoked and you cannot reapply. And at this point in time, you cannot enter the United States, not even for transit. And I'm like (laughs) pulling my hair out on the other end of this line. Like, why can't I have information? Like, how, why is that so hard? I must have done something wrong or they have flagged me for some reason. There's something that is fishy. Like, I get it. You know, I'm not a bad person. I don't want to do anything wrong. If there's something I have been doing wrong, I want to fix it. You know, can you tell me what I've done? so I can fix it, you know. And he says, nope, I cannot. The only way to get any information is to go to the nearest embassy or U.S. consulate. The closest one is in Curacao. I recommend you go there. They will tell you more information. And then he hung up like that's it. So (laughs) it became, well, was this kind of like ridiculous thing of getting pulled aside. Every trip became, okay, I cannot enter the U.S. for the first time in my in my very privileged life, because I'm really, really realizing now that being able to travel anywhere in the world, you know, at the drop of a dime is a huge privilege. So many people can't do that, don't have that freedom to choose where to travel and just go there without even trying. You know, I'm very blessed to have had that up until now through my Swedish passport. Leah and Dennis have Dutch passports uh, since Aruba is part of the Dutch kingdom. So with a Dutch passport, very similar as a Swedish passport, you can go anywhere. So what happened for that trip is that Dennis and Leia they went along, went to Tulum. I had to go to Bogota, spend the night, and then go the next day and same to go back. So I just knew since then, this was December. I just knew, okay, I have an issue and i and i'm i'm not going to freak out about it cuz it's just a, it's just it's just an esta like what how how important is that obviously we're going to figure this out obviously you know we do business in the states we have two corporations in the us we have 108.com which is our online platform which is now totally transformed into yogagirl.com which is you know like netflix for yoga and meditation and uh, for many years so we have a corporation for that and then we have a us branch called island yoga for the for the for our subscription platform in the U.S., so we have two corporations there. We have business there. Obviously, my demographic is in the U.S. I have a publisher in the U.S. I release a book in the U.S. This podcast reaches people in the U.S. Like I have dealings with the United States. I know that. And I was just thinking, you know, we have accountants that we pay very thoroughly who make sure we have all of our things in order. I have an agent who helps me. You know, I have a lot of like big picture people who make sure I have all of my ducks in a row in every area of my business, and every area of my life. So not knowing what exactly had gone wrong, we just knew, okay, we're going to have to go to an embassy or a consulate and ask them. And the only way to do that, you can't just ask, you know, get an appointment, can I have information? It's to reapply, it's to apply for a visa. So (laughs) here's how things just got totally, totally wild and weird. So I knew we didn't have any big trips planned to the US and then two of our best friends Jessica and Ryan asked if we wanted to come skiing with them. They're going to go to to Utah, to Park City, or to Banff, Canada, somewhere to ski. Leia has never seen snow. And we thought, wow, what a fun thing. Like, that would be really fun. Let's see if we can make that happen to go skiing in March. So we started looking into flights, looking into all this stuff. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, I have this visa thing. You know, that's how casual I was about my ESTA being revoked. I'm looking into trips next for like a month and a half from now for us to go skiing in Utah. (laughs) Park City. Like I was looking up, you know, Airbnbs and really planning this trip. We're gonna go skiing. Leia's gonna see snow for the first time, thinking that this little esta travel problem, like that's no big deal. That's that's gonna work itself out. All we're gonna do is we're gonna hop on over to the little consulate and just say, Hey, 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 I'm a normal person. Like I haven't done anything wrong, everything's fine, just just reinstate it. Like that's kind of <laughs> in my naive, ridiculous mind I thought was gonna happen. So we got some help locally here in Aruba. There are people who deal, there's literally people who have full-time jobs here just dealing with a permit situation for locals in Aruba. That's such a challenging process, getting your visa to stay in Aruba, which I have from being married and owning property here. So we found someone who was, who was a professional in that, but when it came to applying for US visas, just to get some advice and what do you recommend? And he says, well, there are no appointments available at all in the whole month of January you don't know how long this process will take. Probably it'll be be approved right away. She's Swedish, Swedish passport. Nothing's wrong. Like this is probably just like a little fluke or something that's easily fixable. The guy was very positive. And he says, what I'm going to do is I'm going to check every day for you online to see if a spot opens up at the consulate in Curacao. And if a spot opens up, you guys just have to go. So that was that. We got our, you know, filled in the forms, got our papers in order. I had to get like proof of employment. I had to get proof of, of, of finances and, and funds, a proof of residency, my permit here in Aruba. We had to go and do all, a lot of administrational logistical work just to gather the documents just to go find out what was wrong. So <laughs> finally got an appointment. It was like two days in advance. The guy calls and says, hey, something opened up Tuesday morning, 10 a.m. You guys got to be there. And we say, okay, okay we'll figure it out. Luckily, we have a, I don't know what to call her yet, if she prefers to be called a nanny or an au pair or something else. But we have a wonderful person who's helping us take care of Lea now. I'm so grateful that we have her. Otherwise, we could have never gone. So we just arranged with her to come and spend the day with her. Got up at 5am on Tuesday and got on a a 7am flight to go to the consulate. Still, like going to Curacao, I'm kind of, like, I'm annoyed that I have to go through the process of doing that. That's how that's how naive I was. Only traveling to Curaçao, I felt like this is shouldn't be necessary. Like why am I wasting my time, you know, spending it six hundred dollars just to get there or flights? Why am I going jumping through these hoops just to enter a country where I pay so much tax? Like I pay all of my taxes in the US and a lot of taxes at that. So I pay taxes in the US, in Aruba and in Sweden. I pay way more taxes than the regular person because of our like global business that we have. And I'm just kind of annoyed going there. And I'm trying to be really positive. You know, this is necessary. Obviously, I can't be banned from entering the US. We're going to figure this out. Everything will be fine. We go there, we have a cup of coffee, like you know trying to enjoy time in curacao and then we had this 10:45 a.m. appointment and they said very thoroughly on the on the forms like arrive 15 minutes early not earlier than that it was very strict and you are not allowed to bring any bags no not even a little purse nothing no personal belongings can be brought into the consulate which i think was thought was just very strange like and i'm trying to figure this out like wait what if i was here alone You know, traveling here for the day to get this appointment, where am I going to put my purse? Like, they had no storage or no wardrobe, no storage opportunities, nothing. So we get there. It's Curacao, you know, it's hot, it's the Caribbean. And there are all these people waiting on benches outside. And next to them are just random bags, like littered (laughs) over these benches and on the road. So people just show up for their appointments, realize that they can't bring their stuff into the consulate and just leave their phones, their wallets, all their stuff is just lying there on the ground. And I'm like, what? what is this to me? Just, I don't know. I had a hard time computing the, the system that this this is what the system was. Anyway, I had Dennis there, so obviously I didn't have that problem. He was not allowed to come in with me. And uh, we had to wait 45 minutes in the sun to like be approved to go inside and i had to had to leave my phone had to leave all my things and as i'm leaving the stuff and i and i re- realize okay i'm going to be here in line for a long time this is the caribbean obviously things take longer than 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 anywhere else and as i kind of i i had to go through the security system and i had to you know it it was 160 dollars just to, to be there for the appointment and going through all this stuff leaving my phone behind and i realized, man this is going to take a long time and i just was thinking what am i going to do? Am i going to be here like an hour waiting and i don't even have my phone. I can't even get any work done. You know, oh, like i'm just going to sit here. And then i quickly realized that there's no such thing as being bored sitting in a tiny room surrounded by people actively making their case to try to get their visas approved. This was all happening in the same room. So the customs guy that was there is interviewing people on speaker through this glass wall and everyone could hear everything. So what I thought was going to be like a boring hour sitting there waiting for my turn, it was like the most fascinating, terrifying, sad, uh, weird experience ever, 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 ever. You are listening to The Yoga Girl Podcast, conversations from the heart. A consistent body care routine is a really important part of my self-care. I feel so much better when my skin is looking and feeling good. It's such a small thing that has a big impact on your overall day for your well-being. A consistent body care routine doesn't just promote healthy, glowing skin, it actually boosts our mental health too. So give your skin a glow-up with Osea's clinically proven, seaweed-infused skincare that provides results you can see and confidence that you can feel. Osea's Andaria LG body butter is not your typical body butter. It transforms dry, crepey skin to smooth, soft, and supple skin. And it's my absolute favorite. I use OCS products religiously, and I have been for years. It really is the best out there. One of the best parts about the body butter is that it's non-greasy. I hate putting on body lotion and feeling slippery and sticky all day, but OCS body butter absorbs right into your skin, leaving you feeling hydrated and ready to make the best of whatever is next on your agenda and it's been shown to hydrate you for 72 hours after applying. Skin care is self-care, so this is a habit worth keeping all year round. With Osea, you will get clean, seaweed-infused products from a company with over 27 years of experience, making sure they are the safest for your skin and the planet. All of Osea's products are vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out with clean skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code YOGA at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to oseamalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. So I'm in this tiny little room. The woman who's currently being interviewed, and what just blew my mind is that this was all happening in front of everybody. She, she didn't speak any English, and I don't think she spoke Spanish because the customs person or immigration person spoke Spanish. So she had a translator there with her, and uh, she was working at a cleaner somewhere. I don't know if it's in someone's house or in a hotel or somewhere. And she's trying to explain that she wants to go to the U.S. to visit her children. Her children are living in the United States. She hasn't seen them for years and she wants to go visit them. That's kind of the the gist of it that I could make out. And this guy is just asking question after question after question after question, bombarding her, you know, ask asking everything from, you know, does she have a husband? Where does he work? He had passed away. Okay, she's alone. Has she been to the U.S. before? Are her children illegals? Does she have other family there? Like It's like he's trying to establish, basically, what are the chances of her getting a visa to visit her kids and then not returning? Like, is she going to stay as an illegal in the U.S.? And he's, he's not being mean. Like he wasn't being, you know, condescending. It was just, it was, he's just firing off question after question, after question, after like hammering, which I know it's his job. Like he's trained to do that. He's there to do that. I understand that. But just witnessing this in in person, uh, I was like, my jaw was on the floor. I was like, this is And she didn't have the right answers for anything. Like he was obviously looking for a specific kind of answers. She was saying all the wrong things with her translator there. And she's just saying she wants to visit her kids. She hasn't seen her children in so long. She really misses them. She just wants to visit her children. She's this old, old little lady. And then the guy was quiet for like 10 seconds. And then he goes, yeah, your visa has been denied. Here is a pamphlet explaining why. And then next... And this woman starts crying and, you know, has to be let out, the, out of the space. And then everyone was sitting on these chairs up against the wall. So when one person was done, you had to shuffle down one seat. Like that's like kind of rotating through. And then the next person to go up was a guy. He was from, I think he was from Dominican Republic. And what was so fascinating to me is that the customs agent, wait, are they called customs agent? Probably there a, probably the person who does the interviews at the consulate has a title that's different, but I'm going to call him immigration guy. <laughs> I don't know what the title is. I don't want to insult anyone by saying a different title. But yeah, immigration guy. So he spoke every freaking language. Uh, he spoke Spanish, like full, fully fluent, like a hundred thousand percent fluid Spanish, like with slang Totally fluent. One person there getting interviewed was a guy speaking Chinese. He spoke totally fluent Chinese. But this guy was making jokes with this guy. He just jumped from language to language to language. It was really impressive to watch. But then this guy from the Dominican Republic. It's his turn, and just immediately, the first thing that the guy asks is, "Okay, so where where are you going?" And he says, "I want to go to in Spanish. Like I'm going to go to Florida with my family for vacation." And the guy goes, "Okay, where in Florida?" And and he just says, "What?" He says, "Where in Florida are you going?" I'm going to Florida, sir. Yes. Where in Florida are you going? Uh, I'm going to the Hilton. And the guy goes, okay, Florida is a huge state. Where in Florida? What city are you going to? And the guy repeats, I'm going to the Hilton. He didn't know what city he was going to in Florida. And just from there, the whole interview was just like my heart was just breaking in a million pieces for this guy. I'm just like why don't you know where you're traveling to? Like, this is serious shit. Like, I just want to shake him. Like, you got to know what city you're traveling to, man. You can't just show up here not knowing. Like, this is not good. So immediately, like, from that first question being answered wrong, like, there was no way. No way. No way. Every person in that room had their visa denied. I don't know about the Chinese guy, because I don't speak Chinese, and he seemed kind of happy. There was a woman there who was a stewardess, who I think had hers approved. Uh, Everybody else who was in that room with me, Uh, until I left because after that I didn't know had uh, their visa application denied and it was kind of like it was like watching a tv show of just it was like behind the scenes of and this is not just people wanting to have a like me like I'm a casual person uh, you know uh, hey I want to go skiing and obviously I want to solve the bigger issue if there's an underlying issue to this problem so tell me how to fix it you know I have funds uh, I, I can prove that I have no interest in living in the U.S. I don't have any family there obviously I'm not trying to to illegally move there. I just want to, you know, run my business the way I do visit when I want and do everything the right way. But for everybody else who was in that, that office, it was like, you know, they want to visit their family, like that old woman wants to see her kids. It's it's like, it's, it's more serious, I think, than a casual, casual vacation. I'm really sure, obviously, a big majority of people that this guy sees are people who are trying to get a visa to enter to to try to maybe look for a better life there are people in there from haiti there were a lot of people from dominican republic venezuela it's not easy to apply for any kind of visa with those kinds of passports and i know that so i kind of knew already like okay i am in a different place i have a swedish passport i'm I'm applying for something different you know so anyway it was just i i kind of felt like for the whole hour i was in there like i'm just holding my breath for all of these people. And as I'm sitting there, here's what was what started getting really fascinating. I had been so you know frustrated that I had to go to Curacao, feeling like, oh, why do I have to jump through these hoops? And then I'm witnessing these people going through these interviews, not having any chance, like not even knowing what to answer when he's answering simple questions, like no clue. Like one guy was like, he was asking, did you get help filling in this application? And the guy says, yes. And he says, aha, who helped you? And he says, uh, Jorge, help me. He says, okay, does Jorge have a, have a last name? He says, uh, no, I don't know. And he says, okay, on this form, there's a question that asks, have you ha- received any help to fill in this application? It says, no. So already you have lied in this application. And I'm just like, it's so easy to make one tiny little mistake. Like if you don't get everything so perfect, Right. And even trying to get things perfect or trying to get help like this guy, obviously, this is a big process and he's asking for help. And then they messed up, too. I'm like, there's it's like ah. (laughs) it was just so anxiety inducing just to be there. And I'm sitting there trying to breathe, you know, trying to starting to realize like, okay, the fact that I'm here, maybe this is a bigger deal than I've let myself think. Maybe this is not just a little thing that I'm going to figure out. Like, maybe I'm in trouble here. And then I took a deep breath and I'm just checking in, like, why do I feel so triggered? You know, I feel really triggered. Of course, like this is, it's painful to watch other people go through this. And I'm just taking a breath, like, okay, the trigger right now is I am uncomfortable. Like I'm just deeply uncomfortable being here. It has to do a hundred percent with the, the feeling of freedom a feeling of wanting to to be free to make my own choices in that, hey, normally for the past 31 years of my life, if I decide I want to go to the States, I go to the States. Not being able to do that, it absolutely restricts my my own freedom and my ability to choose what I want to do. Suddenly there's a this whole government, this whole body <laughs> that's deciding and dictating what I can and cannot do. And I am so free in my life you know which is a massive privilege to have. Man, I'm so free in my life that even the threat of restriction, even the the threat of of maybe I won't be able to travel where I want to travel or as I want to travel, just that, like I'm, I don't have don't even have a final answer yet, that's enough to kind of send me over the edge to oh man, this is the worst. Like that, why is this happening? And I'm going through this stuff in my head. And I came back again and again to the, the only thing right now that's happening is that I have, to, I have to sit in this discomfort all throughout this whole process. I can't fight it. I can't try to, you know, <laughs> outsmart the U.S. Like, immigration system. You know, I just got to accept that I don't have any control you know, I have good intentions, obviously, I don't have any control, I can't control this, they are deciding, and I hate it, and I'm uncomfortable, and I don't want to be here, I don't want to waste time and money going, jumping through these hoops, but like, I'm I'm uncomfortable, and I just gotta be here. And I had that realization of just, okay, let's just embrace this discomfort now. I took a breath, like deep breath in that moment, and then decided, okay, I'm just gonna accept that I'm uncomfortable, and I'm just gonna answer it all of this guy's questions, totally honestly, like 100% transparency. I'm not going to try to, you know, just being honest with this guy. Like, I haven't done anything wrong. That feeling of having done something wrong, that's what increases my discomfort. It's like, ooh, what, what am I going to say? What if he asks me this and that? You know, like, I haven't done anything wrong. So let's just be uncomfortable now. Let's get to this interview. Like, this this is not bad. As I have that realization, like my shoulders drop, I sink into my chair, I stop feeling anxious, like it's okay, it's going to be fine. The door opens and a young guy walks in, who's like the person, the next person to come inside. And he puts his hands in his lap and he has that big tattoo on the inside of his right forearm. So right where I have my tattoo of my moon faces, he has a big tattoo there. And that tattoo says, seek discomfort. And I'm looking at this guy's tattoo, like, as I had the realization that I just have to let myself be uncomfortable. In walks, seek discomfort. And then I, like, I'm looking at this guy. He's like a young guy wearing a hoodie. His hoodie says, seek discomfort. Like, it's kind of all over him. He's like a walking billboard for seek discomfort, right, as I had that realization. And then, you know... It was just one of those moments of like, I love how universally synchronistic everything is. You know, you have a realization and immediately something happens that affirms that realization of like, yeah, man, seek discomfort. I can't just sit in my cushy, comfortable life forever and not never expect that to change. Like the only way we grow is through discomfort. Obviously, the universe is trying to throw me a fastball, like a little curveball right now. How am I going to deal with this? Okay. Okay be uncomfortable it's not the end of the world man comparing myself to any of those people who had their visas denied that day man like i don't have kids that i can't go see in the u.s like that would be the end of the fucking world like that would not be cool that would be i can't even don't even want to envision it because it would be so awful for me it's like okay if this doesn't work out i won't be going to the u.s this year probably or for the next couple of months but i'll still figure it out you know i won't be skiing in utah anytime soon but i'll figure it out you know i'll figure it out everything is figure outable so it's my turn and the guy calls my name and he's like a nice guy like i can tell like this is not a terrible person he's a nice guy doing his job the man speaks like seven languages obviously he's very intelligent and starts asking me question after question after question and just every question you could possibly imagine, you know, he wants to know what passport my kid has, what passport Dennis has, how many years have I been in Aruba, is that visa I brought from Aruba, is it accurate, when was I in the States last time, what did I do in the States last time, what are my next intentions, like he's just asking all those questions that you would expect. And then finally I go, yeah, you know, I've been traveling on the ESTA for a really long time and the reason I thought was that my ESTA was revoked is that I had my international tax ID number come through, which is something that we like been fighting for this past year is for my personal tax ID number in the U.S. to work so that I'm not just paying taxes through the, through the companies, but personally I can pay taxes too if I'm doing anything personal in the U.S., And that went through and that happened the week before my Esther was revoked. So that was the only clue we had, like really, like that's probably why. So maybe that was approved. And maybe now automatically the system thinks that every time I'm in the US, it's to work, which it isn't, you know, it wasn't. I was, I just had a transit. It wasn't there to work at all. And then the guy goes, "No, uh, not at all. This is this is the 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 tax ID number. That's that that only helps your case. Like that's totally fine. Actually, what we have a hard time distinguishing between is when are you in the U.S. doing an appearance, and when are you in the U.S. actually making money?" And I go, "Well, like why why does that like why does that does that matter really? I mean, I have a I have a U.S. corporation. That corporation pays taxes. I don't personally make any money in the U.S. I don't." you know, if my publisher puts on an event, it's by the publisher, the publisher makes money. If it's a promoter or an agency, individually, personally, me, I don't. And we had tax or not tax advice, but we had legal advice around this. Like, is it okay for me? Can I do a book tour in the United States? And that the answer to that was yes. So I was just super transparent with this guy of like, hey, like I like I'm really hoping I haven't done anything wrong. If I have, I'm, I want to fix it, you know can you help me out? And the guy goes, yeah, well, first of all, the, the type of visa you need to be applying for is not this kind of visa uh, that we were going for. He says, you probably need an investor's visa, which is when you have a company in the US, you need this specific kind. And the one you've had in the past is not going to cut it for the future and i go okay and he says well unfortunately we don't manage those kinds of visa applications here you're going to have to go to bogota colombia <laughs> or you're going to have to go to any other major embassy but we don't deal with those kinds of applications here and i go okay and then i'ts just dawned on me so wait until i like what are the chances of that getting approved and he goes sorry ma'am i have no information around that at all all i can tell you is like you won't be you won't be skiing in utah in march that's <laughs> like okay. And I, like, I don't even know what to say. I'm like, okay, that's like, I get it. Like maybe I have made a mistake. Maybe it's all me like last year. Maybe I've had bad advice. You know, maybe I should be doing something different. Like I, I'm going to figure this out. It was just, it wasn't like doors closed. Everything's terrible. But he's like, yeah. And then for a moment I was like, so can you like, you know, can you like just do me the favor kind of like, you know, can I just no, nothing. Are you sure? And the guy looked at me like I'm insane. Like, yeah, no, like this is just not happening. Your visa is denied. Go to the embassy. Thank you very much. Next. And then he just moved on to the next person. And at this point, I'm like, okay, like I I just knew at the beginning of this conversation already. Okay. Like this is not, it's not working out anymore. This way, you know, for me to continue to do any kind of business in the U.S., I have to, I guess, distinguish super specifically because I think what this comes down to is I can do business in the US in terms of like yogagirl.com and publish the book and the podcast. And I think what they are confused about is me putting on a yoga class. Am I making that money in the US? And I'm there on on the tourist kind of visa, which last year wasn't the case because personally I'm not making money in the US it's all like very, very bureaucratic and boring. Like that's the whole thing. It's like this stuff, it's like very time consuming. It induces a lot of stress. You know, it's not a fun thing, you know, not an exciting problem to have. It's not like this kind of, ooh, let's solve this in an exciting way. Like this is just draining as hell. Of course, Dennis also thought if this is like a hiccup, we're going to fix this right away you know, like we pay so much taxes in the US, like no way it can be tax related. Like, no, no, no. But yeah, I, I, I'm i starting to think that maybe it is. And uh so it was denied. That's like the, the whole thing. And as we're leaving, and I had this feeling that I had inside of the office was this, okay, I got to sit with this discomfort as I'm leaving. And it dawns on me that, oh, wait, now actually, it's not just this little hiccup that I can fix by jumping over to Curacao. Like I have to I have to get an immigration attorney now. I have to pay a lawyer to to help me figure this major visa out. Like I need a I need a visa not just to enter, you know, or to have my business there. I need I need a I need I I need to do something major. Like this is like not a tiny problem to have. And since then what what was what's been the biggest takeaway for me I think is anytime your freedom is threatened in any kind of way, at least for me, it's like the it's like my whole existence is threatened somehow. The rest of that day, I was in such a terrible mood. Okay, past the moment I saw the baby, because she's, she's just the light of my life, very helpful. But it took me a long time to diffuse the energy of, no, you're not welcome here, no, you cannot enter here, no, we don't believe you, no, we don't trust you, no, jump through another hoop, go to another place, apply for another thing. And getting such minimal amount of information in terms of, you know, I, I, why did I have to go to Curacao in the first place? You know, it could if I was in Bogota, like not Curacao, like the first immigration guy told me to go there, I could have applied for this other visa right away. And now it's okay. It's another trip. It's another thing. So I think all in all, not being able to make my own decisions, especially with the intention of this year being space, and sitting with that of like oh this whole making my makes my skin crawl all these people telling me i can't do this can't do that not believing me treating me like a criminal you know it's like this whole system it's it's so tense so much tension in the system tension in that room and when we came home i had to ask dennis to to kind of leave with the baby a little bit because i needed space to just like i had to shake it out i needed to do my yoga i had to go sit in the we have this little area where we're just surrounded by cactus, I just needed to like hug a rock and be in nature and just somehow diffuse that energy. And of course, the moral of the story is that me feeling this way, being in this unbelievably privileged place of having the money to go through this process, having the support to go through this process, speaking the language, not being alone, I have the kind of life circumstance where this is probably figure outable. I'm going to figure this out. Like, I don't have a doubt in my mind that I'm going to figure this out. But for 99.9% of the people who are going through this system, they don't. It's so paying the, the $200 just to apply. It's like that. That is a massive, massive, massive deal. You can't do that every month and try again and try again after being denied several times. Like, this is for so many people a reality that's massively different than mine. And at the end of the day, I was just filled with this unbelievable uh, gratitude for my privilege and this feeling of, I cannot take this privilege for granted. Next time my, my friend from Serbia, like, you know, talks about her visa, like, I am going to take that shit seriously. I'm not going to laugh at her <laughs> talking to the immigration agent. Like, I get that a little bit, you know, tiny little bit, but imagine having the kind of passport where everywhere you go, you're questioned or because of the history of your country, or because of politicians, or because of, of war criminals, because of horrible things that happen that has nothing to do with you, where you are literally a survivor of a circumstance, and for the rest of your life, everywhere you go, nobody trusts you. Imagine living with that kind of stigma. Like, that's just, man, I, I, can, I can't even go there. We're hearing that, no, we don't trust you enough to go visit your kids. You can't see your children. Okay. So being on this side of this, it's, it's almost just giving me more awareness around what is a massive, massive global issue around immigration, around refugee situation in this world, around the idea of borders, of you're not welcome, but you're welcome. And knowing that at the end of the day, probably because I'm in a privileged situation, I will be welcomed again. But there are so many people who deserve and have a bigger right than me to be there to visit, to work, to make a living, who are, you know, fighting every single day to make a better life for themselves. They deserve that kind of privilege too. And, and somehow here I am sitting with it, shrugging my shoulders, like it's not a big deal. I'm not going to take this lightly anymore. It's, it's sparked in within me, at least a very fascinating conversation around, let's learn more about why the world looks the way it does. And if we've ever felt any kind of fear or hostility around other people entering our country, you know, if you're sitting with that kind of, that kind of feeling right now, which so many people do, especially being bombarded with that kind of fear through the media, you know, through politicians all day, every day, it's not strange that there is that kind of fear in so much of our society right now, but all we need to do to get over that fear is have one human moment with another person who is in that situation, you know, it's 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 impossible to actually witness someone going through the kind of pain of not being welcomed, of fighting and fighting and fighting to make a better life, and and you know killing themselves to make this happen. Having one human interaction with someone, um, you're not going to feel that kind of judgment anymore. And what we need are moments of of feeling more united, of feeling more connected, not continuing to separate us versus them. You're welcome, but you're not. You're dangerous. You're not. You have that passport. You can't come. You look that way. You're -mm, you're bad news. That whole idea just perpetrated by the media right now, it's terrifying. And it's the root cause of so much violence and hate, and we don't need that shit. I know the majority of people who are listening to this podcast feel the same way as I do in terms of compassion, compassion, But every time I share any of this or this kind of viewpoint through social media, I get people sharing, telling me, you know, they should stay in their own countries. Why are you talking about that? Refugees, what? You know, so just making that connection now from my minuscule bullshit, doesn't even matter in the grand scheme of things, tiny little visa issue that maybe I created myself. Like, I don't even know. I'm not trying to draw a comparison there. But for me, it's been a doorway into a big conversation around, man, look at how we're living. I live on an island that was colonized by the Dutch in a way that, oh, there, there's a story there that no one likes to talk about. You know, why are we on a tiny island in the middle of the Caribbean Sea and it's filled with white people? How did how did we all get here? Like, that's a story that, you know, they don't teach that in, in schools here. It's not in the history books here because the history books are Dutch, not Aruban, right? Right. Similarly with other countries have notoriously treated their indigenous population awfully. The United States, Canada, Australia, every country has that kind of history where, man, the borders were drawn in this way through some really awful things happening to the people who were here before us because we weren't the first ones here. You know, the people who call themselves Americans. If you're from the U.S., like you have ancestors, indigenous, indigenous communities who were there long before the idea of columbus and the idea of you know so much of history that isn't that isn't correct and i think it's our responsibility to learn about our own past it's my responsibility as a swedish citizen living in aruba to learn about the history and the heritage of this island and to honor the people that walked this earth long before me if you're living in the us it's your responsibility to honor that heritage and to look to, hey, how are we as a society treating the, the, the people that were here way before? Way before. And, you know, and how does that relate to the refugee situation as it's looking right now to immigration the way it is right now? To the many, many, many challenges that we have and that people have all over the world from having to flee something awful from their home countries, looking for a better life and not being welcome to do that. We are one people, we live on one earth, we all have the same beating hearts in our chest, we all love our kids the same, our families the same, we're all looking for happiness, for love, for safety, security, freedom, like so much unites us, so much more unites us that can ever separate us and the moment we start to look at other people with that kind of viewpoint of togetherness, of yeah, we belong together and you belong here too, That's going to be the beginning of solving other major issues that people are now using as excuses for putting up higher walls and making it harder to to find safety and harder to change your life. I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope that this inspires you to continue having these conversations, that it inspires you to look into where you live, maybe even... It's helped check your privilege a little bit. I this, this whole situation is checking mine for sure. And if you have the privilege to go anywhere you want to go, I think part of that privilege should come with the responsibility to help other people do the same. There are amazing organizations you can donate to if you want to help. A great one that I would love to highlight is Together Rising, Glennon Doyle's amazing organization that has been uniting families that have been separated at the border of the United States. They've united kids that have been lost with their families and with their parents. They do an amazing job with painstaking problems that have come as a source from trying to keep people separate and keep people out. They do a beautiful job. So if you want to donate a little bit of your money, your energy, your awareness, check out Together Rising. And, uh, Thank you for listening. I appreciate you so much. And to everyone in the United States, I think I'll be going to Canada (laughs) for the next couple of months, probably Banff over Utah, but I really hope I'll see everyone in the United States soon again. Thanks for listening. Yoga Girl podcast will be back next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of Yoga Girl Conversations from the Heart. You can find these on yogagirl.com, on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you normally get your shows. Don't forget to leave a review while you are there. Thanks to the folks at Cadence 13 for their production work. And of course, thanks to my sponsors, Agent R Block, TransferWise, and Third Love. Please support them the way they support this podcast. I'll see you next week.